Welcome to the Signal to Noise podcast on ProSound Web, sponsored by Blue Microphones. I'm Keith Clark, editor of ProSound Web and Live Sound International, joined by my co-host, Michael Lawrence, who's the technical editor of PSW and LSI, and he's an accomplished audio professional in his own right. Hey, Michael. Hey, uh, everyone. Welcome back. Thanks for listening. We're joined this time by our guest, David Shearman who's highly accomplished in the field of professional audio, to say the least. In fact, it would likely take the entirety of this podcast to list out his full resume and accomplishments. So we've included a link to that information on the podcast page. David's worked in pro audio since the early 1970s in a wide range of roles, including as a frequent contributor to Live Sound International, and he's still going strong in his current role as Director, Global Concert and Rental Business for Bose Professional. David's also currently the president of the Audio Engineering Society. Welcome, David. Well, thank you, Keith, and hello, Michael. Great to be here. All righty, let's get things started with uh, something very fun, interesting, and beneficial that's coming up, and that's uh, the AES at NAM program, uh, which will be presented at the upcoming NAM show in Anaheim in uh, January. Uh, so maybe we can start out, David. What are some of the highlights of this year's program? Wow. It's hard to even summarize it. We, uh, we of course, have our baseline uh, twin track foundation of uh, pro audio information and uh, training and presentations for uh, studio uh, technology and the recording environment, and secondly, for uh, live sound reinforcement uh, that affects both portable and, and uh, uh audio for the performing arts and fixed facilities. Uh, Layered on top of that, we've added several new uh, academies, uh, as we call the clustered group of of, uh, uh, topical sessions, uh, the Digital uh, Networking Academy, uh, the Microphone Academy. Uh, So we're expanding the program at the same time as streamlining uh, the, the presentation, the physical facility, and uh, the uh, the calendar. So anybody who was with us in January 2018, uh, which was our inaugural event, will will be uh, uh, really pleased and and I think very enthusiastic about the positive changes we've made for January 2019. Mm-hmm. Well, I was looking over the program recently, and I noticed a uh, focus this year on uh, wireless systems, best practices, etc. And I think that is fantastic. I mean, that's a much-needed thing with, with everything going on, and that continues to go on with the uh, RF spectrum. Uh, uh, and I'm, I'm most familiar with here in the States, but you know, I know a lot of areas of the world um, have, have concerns and issues that can directly impact our business as far as wireless. Oh, absolutely. The Wireless Academy uh, includes... Uh... Uh, direct input and and uh, technical specialists from uh, several of our symposium supporters, uh, such as Electrosonics, uh, Shure. Um, we have a great group of people. Uh, Ike Zimbel is with us. Many of your listeners will know Ike as as one of the hardest working and and uh, most knowledgeable uh, field and application specialists working on uh, special events uh, that involve uh, multi-channel wireless. So we're we're uh, very much uh, pleased to be able to present information in that area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ike's, uh, speaking of writers for Live Sound International and Pro Sound Web, Ike is another one of those fellows that we are so glad to have him uh, uh, write for us when he does have time. But as you noted, he's pretty darn busy uh, pretty much all the time. So it's uh, catch as catch can. I'm seeing a trend here, Keith. 
<laughs> Live sound is such a such a great platform for for contemporary information, and I'm I'm always uh, always uh, supportive of of your efforts there. Well, one of the things that you might uh, enjoy in particular. Um, uh, once in a while, Ike will step back and write uh, not about wireless, but about road stories from his days back in the, I think he got started in the early 80s. And uh, I know uh, you were obviously around at that time and know how things were. So um, I'll send along uh, a few links to his stories. Some of them are quite humorous, and I think you'll find them uh, especially so since you were also there back in the day. Oh, love to. And I, I know many of your listeners would appreciate knowing how to read some of that. Uh, yeah, they're habitually called war stories, and, and I think that's for a reason. Uh, anybody who accepts the responsibility of deploying a high-performance, uh, uh, top-dollar uh, performance audio system uh, and, and has an audience and, and the talent and uh, the event management all uh, breathing down your neck, you understand uh, it is like being in the trenches, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, and things were far different. Um, something I wanted to talk to you about later, but maybe we can segue to it here for, for a couple of minutes, is uh, what do you think, what are the biggest changes you've seen uh, that you've noticed over the past four or so decades? Because I haven't been around that long, but it's it's been long enough. But I would imagine, you know, you, and especially given all of the various roles that you've had over the years, um, you know, you probably, you know, maybe can can encapsulate a bit for us how things are changed, at least in in uh, in your view. Oh goodness! Well, if you go back, you say four decades, and that's about forty years. Uh, that takes us back into the the middle nineteen seventies, and in the early nineteen seventies, when I first uh, began trying to get my first job and. Uh, asking around, showing up unannounced at rental company shops and uh, doing my best to break into the business. Uh, successful touring sound reinforcement companies were probably hand-building their own electronic crossovers. Uh, some even built their own amplifiers. If you look at some of the uh, the pioneer companies, Heil Sound, uh, uh, United Sound in in Burbank, uh, uh, what became Shoco in in Texas in the late 1960s, uh, uh, the Claire uh, Brothers organization, which emerged. Uh, uh, it, it was an interesting hybrid blend of broadcast engineering parts, uh, ex-military electronic technicians, uh, surplus uh, electronic uh, items, uh, emerging entrepreneurial companies. Uh, trying to build a better mousetrap in each category, whether it was mixers or amplifiers or uh, signal processing. Uh, so it was, it was a fascinating time. The other thing I, I think we can clearly see, uh, the deliverable of of the mix, uh, the, the event, uh, the program, the talent on the performance stage, uh, it, it takes a, a sound reinforcement system to reach the audience. And uh, probably you could say three or four, you know, one, two, three punches, uh, in the early 1970s when, uh, Claire, uh, developed and deployed the S4 enclosure, which brought all of the low, mid and high frequency components into a single enclosure. If you wanted a bigger system, you just added more boxes. Uh, that was a fundamental change. Um, in the 1980s when, uh, factory built PAs began to become credible, 
the TurboSound TMS3, the EAW KF850, uh, the Meyer MSL3, all emerged within a few years of each other. Uh, the shift uh, finally to uh, credible self-powered loudspeaker uh, systems, uh, the Meyer MSL4 in uh, in the middle uh, uh, or the the early 1990s, uh, probably was the first commercially available uh, concert quality uh, high output uh, powered system. Uh, and uh, of course, uh, uh, around the same time, the shift to the line source array with L acoustics and uh, the realization that uh, there was a need to improve uh, directivity control of, of a loudspeaker array and to minimize the the interference patterns uh, from multiple speakers. So each one of those things has helped bring us to where we are today on the speaker front. So, uh, okay, well, maybe we should get back just to, uh, to business for a couple more minutes here. Um, now, to you, um, you know, outside of quote-unquote education, um, what what are the biggest benefits that attendees can realize by uh, a program like AES at NAM? Um, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but something that comes to my mind right away would be networking. That there's a lot to be gained informally and sometimes formally, but you know, just by being around an environment like that. Anyone who makes their living as a sound reinforcement professional knows how hard it is to commit in advance to a particular date. If you have a gig come up, you're going to go work. So it's hard to uh, think about buying a ticket or uh, getting a plane flight in a hotel setup uh, months in advance. That being said, uh, key trade shows such as the Audio Engineering Society Convention, the NAM show, uh, NAB, uh, NAB New York, ProLight and Sound, uh, Infocom. Uh, once these become regular fixtures on the calendar, I I know I'm I'm not alone. Uh, as I grew up in my career, I, I'm not alone in realizing the the power and the value of getting together uh, with like-minded people, people who share the same interests and skills and want to learn from colleagues and. That is what AES at NAM is all about. We've essentially taken the power and the, let's call it the, uh, the technical intelligence of, uh, of an AES uh, uh, technical session program and merged that with a much larger pool of on-site attendees. Uh, the NAM show draws uh, well over 100,000 people over four days. It's not open to the public, uh, so it's an exclusive uh, entry, uh, oftentimes passes are available through the equipment manufacturers. So AES at NAM is an education and training symposium that is embedded in a commercial trade show, uh, uh, which is NAM, which is increasingly attracting many professional audio equipment manufacturers. So we're seeing good synergy. Um, it's It's been great fun. Just our first time out of the gate was January 2018. Uh, see many of the, the touring people find uh, January a, a really good time to come out and network, uh, uh, rub elbows, uh, talk to uh, equipment uh, developers and, and, and product uh, engineers who are there to accompany uh, many of the industry's leading pro audio brands. So uh, what we've tried to do is, is create that environment, a place where the professional audio uh, enthusiast uh, entry level or, or, or career professional or, or semi-retired uh, can uh, 
can meet with and mingle with uh, their peers and their colleagues in a focused environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been quite impressed with the job that NAM has done uh, with this initiative and others uh, in terms of uh, opening up to the professional audio market. Um, I know last year, in addition to the kickoff at, uh, with the inaugural AES at NAM, there was a brand new exhibit hall right up front there and uh, at the convention center that was dedicated and is dedicated uh, to professional audio gear and uh, related um, businesses. And that was really something to see and really, uh, well, I felt well worth my time and every attendee I talked to as well, um, largely a pro audio crowd. They were quite uh, optimistic uh, coming out of that uh, on the direction that NAM's going. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it was interesting to me to see the first use of that new uh, hall that you're referring to. It's called ACC North, Anaheim Convention Center North Hall. Yes, it's completely devoted to production technology and uh, event uh, support equipment, uh, not just audio, but but also starting to bring in uh, some of the staging and, and uh, display and lighting uh, exhibitors as well. Uh, so the, the Audio Engineering Society and our, our, uh, our Board of Governors, uh, our corporate leadership, uh, recognize the value of gatherings of audio professionals, and this is one that's emerging. Uh, you have to remember, it's only been about two years now that the, the society has uh, began a formal program of, of membership outreach. And you mentioned the ACC North Hall, uh, we'll have an AES membership drive uh, booth right there in the main front lobby by the front door, uh, as we did uh, last year at NAM and, and the year before. Uh, we had a, a membership drive going on at Summer NAM, a membership drive booth at the NAB uh, New York show. Uh, we just had a couple, uh, in fact, in China, uh, including the uh, loudspeaker sourcing show and at uh, Palm, uh, Pro Audio Light and Music in Beijing. So we're, we're seeing great value in engaging face-to-face uh, -face interaction with people who, who want to get together. I think we all love online uh, technologies and, and media channels and, and digital platforms, but nothing beats getting together with your peers and, and making new friends in person, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you can catch us up here um, on, uh, now you mentioned the uh, membership uh, initiative, um, what are some other um, uh, initiatives, uh, recent ones, undertaken by AES that, uh, that perhaps you've been involved with or that you're excited about? Oh, sure. I'd uh, love to talk about uh, some of what the, the Audio Engineering Society has been up to. Uh, we've had a tremendously uh, innovative and, and dedicated uh, Board of Governors uh, this year during my term as president. Uh, our global membership uh, I think the metrics I looked at uh, earlier this year, we were up about 8% year-on-year. Um, <clears throat> the audio industry itself is thriving. Uh, you have a lot of, of uh, growth on the, on the uh, product development side, so uh, we've been strengthening our, our product development uh, content at the AES uh, convention, uh, led by uh, Scott Leslie, uh, who <clears throat> very, very innovative engineer, who's served time with uh, JBL and with Rankus Hines and with Ashley. Um, uh, so Scott and his team have been drawing some of that content in. 
the uh, the international conferences uh, that we've been doing. We've worked methodically the past couple of years to uh, both uh, make them more diverse, like audio for games, uh, audio technology for the automotive industry, forensic audio. Uh, I, who would have thought that you could go to an AES uh, convention, or I'm sorry, who would have thought that you could go to an AES international conference near Washington, D.C., and actually have AES members from the FBI and the CIA and the National Security Agency show up uh, to attend our forensic audio uh, conference or, or the conference this past year at the Library of Congress uh, on audio archiving and restoration uh, uh, where uh, many of the, uh, the wax cylinder recording processes are preserved and the ability to translate from one historical recording medium to the next to the next uh, and and see the results over time. Uh, uh, those type of things is why the Audio Engineering Society exists, to bring people together in uh, uh, honor of all the different unique uh, fields. And as we watch audio grow, as we watch companies like Netflix, Amazon, uh, Microsoft, YouTube, all hire audio engineers, all have new acoustical laboratories and product development programs. Um, uh, we had a wonderful conference in Seattle this year, uh, Audio for Virtual and Augmented Reality, uh, AVAR. Uh, our sponsors uh, in included uh, the DigiPen Institute, uh, which is linked to Nintendo. So the biggest thing you could say about what is AES up to uh, we're doing our very best to support the student community, to expose the entry-level career professionals to all of the expanding opportunities in industry, and a recognition that the audio industry is not constricting or imploding uh, like the sky was falling uh, attitude from 15 or 20 years ago because of the shift in the major recording studio and record label supported industry. Audio didn't go away; it just changed. And so the the challenge, as as president of a of a membership based organization uh, like AES, is to help recognize uh, those changes in industry, and use all of our processes and our tools and resources available to help connect uh, different people with each other. So, so, David, if I could just dovetail that with what you were saying earlier. Which is, you know, hey, you know, when you started this whole thing, uh, if you wanted a crossover, you had to build a crossover. If you wanted a, you know, a nice parametric key, you had to build it. Um, I, that's that's sort of shifted so far that now you, we can buy whatever we need off the shelf, and you you don't need to know how it works under the hood to use it. And there are a lot of brilliant engineers that use these tools every day and, and would have no idea how they worked and, and couldn't look at the schematic and tell you anything about it. And I, I sort of feel like that aspect of it has really been lost, the sort of under-the-hood tinkering uh, aspect where let's really get into the nitty-gritty of the circuit design. And, and not because everyone needs to go out and build their own gear, but because I really enjoy the engineering aspects of that and the, you know, let's really understand these tools at the deepest level. And so I, I try to invest as much of my time in that type of thing as I can. And so, you know, seeing that you've, you've kind of had a – you've seen a larger arc of that than I have – um, you know, do you agree with that? And and if so, what what role do you see you know AES uh, playing in in you know keeping those parts of the art relevant? You know, that's a great 
question. And the AES at NAM Symposium, uh, to be very specific, uh, we have tracks and, and uh, a calendar of sessions that include many of those fundamentals presented by the people who have helped create the technology platforms. For example, uh, Jamie Anderson with Rational Acoustics. It's not, we, most of us know what SMART is as a, uh, a measurement and analysis tool, but uh, it takes being with the, uh, being close to the source and having a, a personable, uh, intimate uh, chance to, uh, to bounce these ideas back and forth to understand how the, the tool or the product or the platform evolved. Uh, Bruce Olson, who's uh, such an expert uh, in uh, many of the uh, more technical, uh, fundamental technical aspects of, of sound reinforcement from an engineering point of view. And Bruce happens to be uh, the standards chair for the Audio Engineering Society. Uh, Charlie Hughes of Excelsior Audio. Uh, access to these people in a one-on-one setting uh, and the, the sessions on the calendar that they're bringing to the table at this uh, AES at NAM event, that's really right in alignment with what you're saying. Uh, you can't tinker with something under the hood if you don't understand the fundamental uh, uh, principles. And uh, the automobile analogy is a great one. I really liked that. Um, the shade tree mechanic uh, or the person, the driver, who who realized he or she had a, a, a clogged fuel filter and... and uh, knew how to change it. And, and, uh, uh, with audio systems today, uh, I fear, uh, I share your concern. Many, many, uh, entry level, uh, people and, and especially, uh, graduates of, of, uh, theoretical programs, uh, or classes, uh, uh, training platforms that are mostly focused on, on, on theory and the, what you see on your computer screen sort of thing. If you don't understand, uh, what is a, uh, a ground loop. What is the signal path? How do you ad- how do you properly adjust the gain stages in any system, whether it's in the studio or, or with a concert PA or in a in a, uh, a fixed uh, multi-channel uh, uh, reinforcement installation in a performance venue? Uh, that that ethic, that understanding, that awareness is part of what led to the creation of of the AES at NAM program. And I think you know, for me personally, what you're talking about the value of getting direct to the source, so to speak. You know, I, I'm a system tech. I use smart every day. Uh, and so, you know, I would like to think that I'm, I'm fluent at using that tool. But, you know, recently I was able to go hang out with Jamie and, and sit through his training class and talk to him a little bit about the software. And, you know, of course, you know, that brings so much perspective in terms of what their design goals are and how the program got to where it is. And, and I, I really feel like I understand it at a deeper level. Um, just through having those conversations and, and, and talking to the people that, that are behind these tools. And so there's a huge value in that. Um, and, and so I, I, I would absolutely say that uh, anyway, anyone that, that has those types of interests should really pursue that because, uh, you know, I can tell you firsthand that there, it's very, very valuable experience. Oh, great. Well, thanks for, for reinforcing uh, that uh, idea. I, I tend to uh, resonate with a lot of what you're saying, and I think back to being a younger person, uh, trying to find the right ways, the right tools, uh, uh, discovering synergetic audio concepts, SynodCon, for the first time, and 
uh, I was in the second class that, that Don and Carolyn Davis ever held back in 1974. So the same year that Claire was putting the S4 system out on the road for a Beach Boys and uh, Chicago uh, co-headlining arena tour for the first time, you had Synod Khan emerging to help uh, teach basic fundamental electroacoustical principles to uh, mostly, uh, at that time, it was contractors and and uh, uh, consulting offices. And, and so for me, it's been great fun over the years to, to watch the two worlds, the two communities, let's call it uh, public address and music reinforcement, start to find common ground. But what's underneath it all is audio engineering, basic principles that they don't change. The laws of physics don't change, but the, the applications and the practice and how we work with those uh, fundamental principles, those, those evolve over time. Well, very good. Um, well, I think we're just about out of time. So I would like to encourage everyone to uh, check out the podcast page. We will have links to a lot more info about AES at NAM, uh, a lot more information uh, about AES as well. Uh, also, registration for AES at NAM. We'll put a direct link there. And uh, as I mentioned at the outset, we'll also have a link that will tell you a whole lot more about David and his career. So, David, thank you so very much for your time today. We really appreciate it. Oh, you bet. It's been a lot of fun and, and glad to help. Uh, uh, glad to participate. All righty. Well, hey, we'll see you in January.